the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's time for Blue Darter Sports Central with your host, Roger Franklin Williams. Stay tuned for the latest updates on Blue Darter Sports, along with interviews with student-athletes, coaches, and more. It's Blue Darter Sports Central on 1520 WBZW, your hometown station. Now, here's Roger. Welcome to Blue Darter Sports Central with Roger Franklin Williams. It's a program that highlights our outstanding Apopka High School Athletic Department. I'm Roger Franklin Williams, joined by Joe Ferraro. Okay, hey. Coming to you live from the campus of Apopka High School on this beautiful day throughout Apopka and throughout Central Florida. Have a great show for you today, and I'll go down the lineup right off the bat. Later in our program, we'll hear from Coach Eric Lasseter. Of course, the Blue Darters won a huge elimination game in a 3 to nothing victory over Cypress Creek where Cam Stewart pitched a no-hitter. That means we advance to another rematch versus West Orange. That'll take place this coming Tuesday. It's going to be a great game, Rog. And I'm expecting the Blue Darters to come home with a win. Uh, West Orange, here we come. We'll talk more about that, of course, with Coach Lasseter. Uh, also, we're going to speak with Coach Ken Keister. He's the head athletic trainer at Apopka High School later in the show. But right now, we're pleased to be joined by one of the premier programs on campus. And, of course, when you're talking Apopka High School Athletics, that's saying a lot. We're going to talk about, right now, Apopka Blue Darter flag football. And we have some great news. The Blue Darters have just won their sixth straight district title. And we have Coach Matt Hoovers here to speak with it about it and one of his excellent players. Coach, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having us this morning. 15-year winning streak. We're, we're wow. Doing, we're, we're, we've done well these la- uh, last few years. You know, we only had uh, two seasons ever under uh, 11 wins. And so, so 13 out of 15 seasons, we've won 11 or more games. And there's only been uh, three times in our history that we haven't won the district championship. We've played in all of them, and we've won uh, 12 of them. So uh, we're, we're very uh, proud of our accomplishments, and we're very excited about uh, keep going in the playoffs. Well, right now we want to talk more about that journey as you continue to proceed. And I'm sure your goal is a state championship. You made it to the state playoffs finals last year, and then you've got a state championship under your belt as well. But right now let's just talk about that specific game, uh, the 35-6 to victory uh, that, that brought home the hardware for the district. Well, it was a really, really good game. We absolutely pounded a Coe. Um, we gave up a touchdown. We were not real happy with that in, in the history of the program. A Coe hasn't scored too many times uh, on the Blue Darters. Our defensive effort's always been pretty good. But we opened up pretty good. Then we sl- seemed to slow down a bit. And then we really hit the gas pedal and kind of just blew it out the frame. I mean, without that one scoring drive, you know, we might score into the 40s, maybe upwards to 50. But uh, we, So we only made a few mistakes. In that game, we played a fairly clean game. Uh, lots of interceptions, lots of touchdowns, lots of big plays uh, from all kinds of different players. You know, it was just a real, it was a total team effort. And that goes including our assistant coaches, uh, Doug Matthews, Eddie Jenkins, and Shanice Ward. Um, you know, I'm just really, really fortunate that I can turn to people and say, what do we do here? And they can give me real specific things. Move this girl to this spot. Um, of course, uh, y'all remember Phil King, the longtime athletic director here, who's one of the uh, great people I ever got to work with. Well, his granddaughter's playing with us now, and one of the switches we made against Akoe was to insert her at cornerback. Now, Hannah's six feet tall, but she can cover ground, and uh, we just didn't think we were getting enough out of our cornerback on that side, and we put Hannah in the game, and she got two interceptions right off the bat. So it was a real good nice move by move. the assistant coaches, and it's great to see somebody who's got a legacy uh, and a connection, long-time connection to Apopka High School with all the kings that came through here, and especially Phil King, who was a great man. And uh, she stepped up and performed real, real well. It was just outstanding. And, of course, uh, Coach King's wife, Marcia uh, Robinson King, was a former head cheerleader at Apopka. In fact, she was the head cheerleader of the year we won the 62 uh, basketball championship. That's right. That's right. I did see her at the celebration uh, during the basketball season. 
And um, coach, you brought one of your players with you. Can you please introduce her? Um, with us today is our junior Michaela Crisan. Uh, Michaela is the sister of Jeffrey Crisan, who was a baseball player here and is now playing at David Lipscomb University. And uh, Michaela also plays soccer, and she plays a couple different positions uh, for us. And I'm sure she can tell you all about that. Michaela, thanks for joining us on Blue Daughter Sports Central. It's good to be here with you. I play uh, safety, wide receiver, and sometimes and I kick and I punt for them too. Yeah, very versatile. That's very. awesome. And can you just tell us a little bit about the game? Coach was telling us about the game, uh, the, the district victory, thirty-five to six championship victory over Okoy. Can you share your uh, your recollections of the game? We had a lot going for us, and we definitely shut them down. We. We did we did let them score once. It was a mistake on defense, but I mean we fixed it and we shut we shut them shut them down the rest of the game. No, we want to talk a little bit more. Yeah, obviously about the at the path ahead of you, but. Right now, well, right now who, 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 what's next? Who, who do we play when and what are the stakes? We play a week from today at 7, uh, at 7 p.m. at Fleming Island, just south of Jacksonville. So it's a long way. Fleming Island is undefeated at this point. And, then, again, it's it's a tournament setting, so it's lose and you're done. You know, survive in advance. We had a close game in our district semifinal, closer than we had anticipated. We almost blew that one out, and then we just kept letting them hang around, and we actually had to survive a two-point uh, conversion at the end, which our guest here, Michaela, intercepted nice. uh, on the two-point conversion uh, to seal the victory for us. Um, so, you know, when I told the girls, you, it's not always going to be pretty, and sometimes you forget when you go through the history about how good you are about that you might have a close game, and we compared it to the NCAA tournament. You know, my wife asked me about the ramifications of playing poorly in the semifinal, and I told her I wasn't worried about it. Then when you look at a team, you know, a team like Duke may be a number one seed, and they may get challenged by Harvard in the first round and win by a bucket, and then they might beat a team like Michigan State by 15. So I think the score is irrelevant. It's just survive in advance. Uh, and with players like Michaela uh, and Molly Darlington and our quarterback Sierra Taylor and Arion Alvarez, and of course the Central Florida Player of the Year, uh, Sadeja Payne. Uh, we have a chance to make plays and make things happen and continue to advance in this tournament. Now, let's go back to Michaela Crusan. Can you, Michaela, can you talk about um, just some of the highlights of the season thus far that you've had personally? What, what were some games that may have stood out or performances that may have stood out? Um, against DP, I had a pick six that was much needed because they were starting to catch back up, and we, we definitely needed to put that ahead, put that or have that to put that put us ahead, and that definitely sealed the game for us and put us ahead in that game. Can, can you tell them why you got a pick six? What inspired you to get that pick six? Uh, Miss Hoover is his <laughs> his lovely wife tells me before every game what I need to do and she's been wanting to pick six for the longest time and I finally got one. Michaela's had plenty of interceptions. She's had an unbelievable season both as a receiver. Um, she gets touchdowns all the time uh, and she's got lots of interceptions and uh, my wife always says to her, can't you take one of them back? And she broke on a ball beautifully against Dr. Phillips and pulled it up and then took it about 55 yards the rest of the way. So that was a big momentum shift for us. Uh, DP's always well coached. They always play tough. You know, they just won their district. So to defeat another district champion, uh, again, she just she stepped up big. But she's been doing that ever since she was a freshman uh, when Michaela was a ninth grader, uh, our starting safety was Lauren Green, who was a senior and just an un- you know great soccer right, player. Tall, um, yeah, the tall blonde, yeah, unbelievable athletic, athlete, young woman. Yep, and uh, multi-sport athlete. Yep. Very, very sick uh, during the state playoffs, and she said, "Coach, I, I can't go. I'm, I'm not going to be there today. I'm home. I'm sick." And so we walked up to this redheaded little freshman and said, hey, congratulations, you're starting at safety tonight. Wow. Um, but she, she was game and she was up for it. And uh, she helped us make our run to the state that year. And uh, she had a good year last year. But this year, uh, Michaela's been on fire. You know, I would expect her to be named to one of the all-state teams at the end of the season because she's just had that kind of season. Well, that's great. And we're glad that you're here today, Michaela Crusan. Now, Michaela, can you talk about, because uh, that's... Um, Glad you selected her, Coach, because yeah, back in the day I was a receiver. Actually, a, I, I played receiver. I was actually a blocker, but Wide anyway, blocker. that's a whole other story. But 
um, you know, I really enjoy getting the receivers and talking to them. And you know, it's a skill, uh, unique skill, and not not everybody who has athletic skills can can catch or, or, or defend. No. Not everybody who's fast can catch or defend. No. Back, but most of them, most of them can. Yeah. Uh, but um, can you just talk about what it takes to be, first of all, a, a good receiver? On offense. Well, I mean, you have to be able to read the defense, and you have to be able to know where your quarterback needs you, and you have to be able to find the open spots. She nailed it right there. She, Absolutely. She's got, she's got instincts, instincts. Great instincts, and she's got soft, soft hands. Michaela can catch anything. Um, you know, when you're talking about great athletes, uh, Deshaun Massey, uh, who just won the silver medal in weightlifting and is on our 4 by 100 team that's going to state. Uh, Deshaun's sister, Taisha, played for us back in 2009, and she's may be the leading flagpoler in Apopka history for one season. She had something like 125 flagpoles, which is just out of this world. Um, and she, So she played middle linebacker, but she did that because she couldn't catch anything. Taisha Massey was a great player. She made the first-team All-State. She led us in flagpoles. She led us to a district championship. She was unbel- an unbelievable defensive player, but she couldn't catch anything. So, you know, with Michaela, we put her on offense to catch the ball. We put her on defense as defensive back because we also need to catch the ball. And uh, which game was it? Semifinal or the final where you had the one on the sideline where the coach was saying you were out of bounds? Was that the. I don't know. I had a few on the sidelines there. Yeah, she caught, intercepted so many and caught so I mean, many. She, taught, she did. It's all a blur. This was on the far side, and the ball was thrown deep, and she ran under it. And. It just—it looked just like a play you'd see from a college or NFL player. A, a she, Lynn Swan type of play. She, she extends her hands, and I can see her look down at her feet, and she drags both wow. of her toes. It would have been good in the NFL. What a skill. Because she got both toes down as nice. she fell forward with the ball. She holds it up, and their coach is screaming, she's out of bounds, she's out of bounds. And the official's right there looking at her toes, and her toes are right in bounds. It was just an amazing uh, interception for us. And I think that was the semifinal, because she ended up with two interceptions in that game. That one, and of course the one that mattered the most, which to stop the two-point conversion uh, wow. late in the game to make sure we won that game. One of the things you love about instant replay, if they had it <laughs> for that. She would have been there regardless. She was, the, you know, That was just the coach trying to get, get a call, but uh, it didn't work out for them too well. Thank you for those great insights and that great real world, you know, kind of painting the picture of, of some of the highlights of some of the games and also this uh, one of your great ball players, Michaela Crusan. Now, Coach, we got about two, a little over two minutes left. What is the road here? With, you know, obviously, it's a one and done every single game. And if we defeat Fleming Island, what is the path to the I, state championship? I believe, well, uh, Dr. Phillips has won their district, and they'll play a team from Martin County. The winner of that game would play the winner between Apopka and Fleming Island. Based on what I've seen, I believe if we win our game, that regardless of who wins when we win. from Dr. Well, when we, thank you, Michaela. When we win our game, we would be set to play the winner of uh, Dr. Phillips Martin County, and I believe it would be on Roger Williams Field, named for your dad. So we would love to be able to come back here and, and play on our home field, where we, you know, we take great pride in playing on that field that was named for your father, and making sure that you know when people come to Apopka, uh, that they know that this is our field. And, and, and it means something. The, the history and tradition of Apopka means something to us. So we're going to try to defend that as best we can. And the team that wins that game after, the team that would match up Apopka versus the winner of Martin County, Dr. Phillips, uh, would play in the state final four in Tampa. It's awesome. We'll continue to follow you very, very closely and certainly get out there and see that game if, if it uh, comes – if you – Rise at Roger Williams Field. Right that would here be next. I'm sorry. Then that, if we would, if if we advance after next Friday, we would play that Tuesday uh, here at home at Roger Williams Field. And let's go back to Michaela Crusan now. Michaela, now what is your mindset? We've already gotten uh, some insights into it, but what is your mindset as as you go to the next round and, and play this next game versus Fleming Island? I think I think that um, the game that we had before our district final, it was really close, and it kind of put a put us like back in place like because we've had a lot of high scoring games and that close game against a team that we really should have blew like out of the waters was I mean we almost we almost could have lost that game but it kind of like set us back into okay anything can happen so we we need to put our best foot forward and just keep keep working yeah sometimes those wake up calls are are, are, are instructive if, if, if you survive them if you survive, <laughs> we, we survive so that, like I said that's good everybody knew that they they have to step up she said it perfectly everyone knows now hey this this wonderful run could end at any time and we have to do everything we can to make sure it just keeps going any given Tuesday Thursdays we play yeah. Wednesdays it's all the time 
Well, Coach Hubris and Michaela Crusan, thank you for joining us today on Blue Dart Sports Central. We're going to go to our break here in just a moment. It's always good to catch up with you and talk about uh, Blue Dart or flag football. I, we appreciate you all having us on each week. Your great tradition and also the great seasons you have and the, the great games you have from every single week, especially uh, in the playoffs like where you are now. Well, friends, we're going to go to our first break. Uh, later in our program, we'll be joined by Coach Ken Keister, the head athletic trainer at Apopka, and Coach Eric Lasseter to talk Blue Darter baseball. The Blue Darters are still alive in baseball as well, and they play West Orange in a huge elimination game coming up this Tuesday at 7 p.m. or 7.30 p.m. at West Orange. We're going to go to a quick break. I want to let you know that our program is sponsored by our friends over at Florida Door Solutions, and you can find out more at fladoor.com. We'll be right back. It's Blue Darter Sports Central on 1520 WBZW, your hometown station. It's Blue Darter Sports Central on 1520 WBZW, your hometown station. Now, here's Roger. Welcome back to Blue Darter Sports Central with Roger Franklin Williams. It's great to be with you. It's a beautiful day in Apopka. And it's a beautiful day to talk about Blue Darter Sports on 1520 WBZW, our hometown station. I'm joined by Joe Ferraro. Hope you enjoyed that segment on Apopka High School flag football. It's always great to have Coach Hoovers join us. Of course, this time he had one of his excellent ball players, Michaela Crusan. And they told us all about the recent Blue Darter District Champion District Championship victory, 35 to 6 over Okoy, and their road as they continue through the playoffs. It's always great to hear about flag football on Blue Darter Sports Central. Right now we have another one of our regular guests and that's Coach Ken Keister and he of course is the head athletic trainer at Apopka and as he always does he's brought a couple of his student athletes as well, student trainers with him as well. And let's First of all let's go to Coach Keister. Hey thanks for joining us again. Oh it's always great to be here. I, uh, I always have a good time and it's, it's just it's wonderful to have this opportunity to come out and talk to you guys about what we do and among other things, talk about how great our athletic programs are. Um, you know, the flag football team, like you just said, they've just won their sixth straight district championship. Uh, one of the most decorated programs in, you know, across any sport in Central Florida. And uh, Coach Hoover does an amazing job with those young ladies. Uh, we also got baseball going on right now. They got a huge uh, playoff game next Tuesday at West Orange. Uh, you know, we we may not have the best record against them right now. We're one in three, but. Uh, this is the one that means the most. So as long as they go ahead and get that done, they can make a deep run, possibly win a state championship. I don't want to jinx them by, by, by talking too good about them because that's usually what happens. But I think we're in great shape because it's very, very, very difficult to beat a really, really good team four times in one season so or three or even three times in one season. Absolutely. So, yeah, I think the odds are all in our favor there. Um, now, Coach, you brought a couple of your student trainers, and can you please introduce them now? I do. I brought uh, I brought Juliana, and she is one of our uh, returners that will be with us uh, next year. This is her this is her second or third year with us. Second year. Starting our second year with us. Uh, she's done an amazing job with us. Uh, she's probably going to be one of our student leaders of our group next year. And then I also brought Courtney Ogburn back. She uh, she's been with me here at least once before. Um, she is an outgoing senior. Uh, she's done a phenomenal job for us. Uh, our state, uh, we have a state and a national athletic training association. Um, through in the in, in the national one, we've got a couple of different districts. Um, we're District Nine, and they have a, a big scholarship. Uh, it's uh, the Kramer Scholarship for uh, student athletic trainers in high school. And Courtney was actually our finalist for our region. So that was uh, Florida, Georgia, Tennessee, Alabama, Kentucky. Um, and she was the, the top student aide uh, in that area and was our, our finalist there. So she's obviously done a, a, an amazing job for us, and we look forward to see what she's going to be able to do uh, throughout her college career. That's great. And let's start, start with uh, uh, Juliana. And Juliana, can you talk about a little bit about what you do and your role in the athletic training department at Apopka? Well, right now in athletic training, we have the newcomers this year, so we each are getting each returner is getting a newcomer a couple like three or four in each of their groups we're basically right now just showing the ropes letting them get used to being an athletic trainer with the football players and letting them enjoy being a trainer for now and seeing where they go in the future it's great let's talk to courtney ogburn 
Courtney, what is your role this this year, and what has been your role in the athletic training department? Hi, um, I'm Courtney Ogburn. I was the um, student athletic trainer leader this year, so I made sure everything was ready for football practices and games and just made sure everybody was doing what they needed to, um, did preventative taping, um, did wound care on um, different um, athletes, and gave them water and just made sure they were okay. Great, phenomenal to get that kind of hands-on experience. Absolutely, and and you know we, we've had we've been blessed with some great leaders uh, out of our student groups, and several of them gone on to be athletic trainers uh, at a high school, at a college. Um, actually, Miss Nugent, who's uh, our third athletic trainer here, she was one of our student assistants. Uh, went to the pro- athletic training program at UCF and returned to us. Uh, apparently, uh, we we do things well enough that she wanted to come back, and, and uh, it, it's been a blessing to have that. Now, Coach, and one of the things that's great things about what you do with the athletic training department is we've seen the evidence of how you develop and mentor students throughout the program, starting, uh, as you know, many of them, I guess, start with no experience, no knowledge whatsoever. And through that whole process, many of them come out as as very skilled trainers, and they go into college and and make this a a career. Can you just talk about that, that, that? aspect of, that's of, the, actually, of what that's, you do. That's how I started. I, uh, I was in a uh, high school care and prevention of athletic injuries class, and one of the things we had to do was we had to go and observe the athletic trainers at two events in the semester. So I went and I observed. I helped a little bit. It was at a, a, uh, it was a girls' soccer game. I, was at, I graduated from Lake Howell over in, in uh, Seminole County. And I went and I observed a girls' soccer game and helped out a little bit. And the next day, our certified athletic trainer was like, you know, you should come out and work with us all the time. Well, I don't know. Let's see. Let me see what I can work out. And I got stuff going on at home, and I don't know, maybe. And I wasn't really sure it's what I wanted to do. And I came out, and I started to see just how important uh, the students are in the program to be able to make sure that all those little things are done, that, that we don't forget something that we need in an away game, that – things get out to the practices that we need to do that every water bottle gets filled we don't have any dehydration issues because there's always water available for people and i was able to see all those little things that really go unnoticed if they're if if things are going good most of the time they don't even notice the athletic trainers are there they only notice it when there's a problem and thankfully most people outside of our sporting uh, teams don't really have any idea what we do because the students make sure we do a very efficient job, and it frees Mr. Mogul, Ms. Nugent, and myself up to do a lot of rehab to get our guys back on the field as quickly as possible. So we have the minimum number of games missed, and that's really our goal. But if we have to spend all of our time making sure that we get this out to practice and that out to practice, and don't forget this water, and don't forget the, the wrap for our ice bags, and all those things that we're able to put on to our students, because we have phenomenal students to make sure we don't forget things. Since we're not having to worry about those things and we can focus on patient care, it frees us up to do a lot of really good things with our student-athletes. Great insights. Friends, we're speaking with Coach Ken Keister. He's the head athletic trainer at Apopka High School. It's one of the best athletic training departments in the state and in the country. We're also speaking with with two of his excellent student trainers, Juliana. And Juliana, what's your last name? Dominic. Dominic and Courtney Ogburn. And Juliana, I'd like to go back to you, and can you just talk about um, what led you to become involved in the athletic training program? Well, my sister, Katie Dominage, whenever she was at Popka, she was a trainer, and she I always heard stories from her saying, oh, we won this game when I was doing this, and it's so fun, and how they had like potlucks, little parties before a major game, and how they were basically family, and I'm just like, I want to be part of that. So I talked to Mr. K and Mr. Mogul the first day of my freshman year, and I was like, hey, when do, you, when do people sign up for this? This seems fun, and my sister loved it, and I really want to be a part of it. And that's what started this whole situation. I'm here now. That's awesome. Can you just describe a little bit about um, you know, your involvement? Uh, right now. And, and what, what do you like about it, and you know, what, are the, what are the things you really like about being an athletic trainer? I honestly love everything. I love being a part of not just your school and showing your support, but each individual sports team because we're helping all of them, basically. And it's just fun being able to be part of that. 
Yeah, that's a great point because I think that you guys get perspective. Um, all the teams are so different, so varied. They've got different kinds of student-athletes on the teams. Oh, yeah. uh, the sports are so different, and there's a lot of sports. And I think that's got to be a fascinating experience yeah. to, to, to interact with, 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 uh, intimately with, with, with all the various it's teams. It's wonderful to see the good things that are happening across the board with our athletics here. Uh, you know, some teams are more successful and some teams aren't as successful on the scoreboard, but we still are able to see – you know, get the people back on the field. We're able to see those athletes. And the, the one of the best things about Apopka is that all of our student-athletes and our coaches demand a certain amount of respect whenever they're out there in the community and doing things. And uh, we always get please and thank you. And they're so appreciative. And I've worked events other places, and uh, people walk up and be like, I need ice. <laughs> like, oh, Okay. It, but if it's somebody here, it's, hey, can I please, please have a nice bag for my knee? Could you wrap this on for me, please? Thank you so much. Thank you for being here. And it's just it, there, there's, a, there's an amount of appreciation that, that we get here that is wonderful. Uh, one of the other things that we do for all of our teams is we're going to be doing actually two Wednesdays from now. and It's going to be uh, May 11th uh, starting at 530. We're going to have our school physicals that we have every year. It's $15. All the money stays. And that's our... That's our fundraiser that we used to buy tape and Band-Aids and Ace Wraps. And all of the money we get comes from our school physicals. Like I said, those will be um, uh, May 11th. We're also met, pairing it this year with a sports fair uh, where people can come out. And hopefully we're going to have a representative from, if not all of our sports teams, almost all of our sports teams out so that the parents and, and students can meet the coach, find out when tryout dates are going to be, then get some information to them. And they may get to find out about sports that they really don't know anything about. Uh, I don't know how many middle school girls know anything about lacrosse, but they may be able to find out and get a, and find, you know, hey, there's, there's, there's lacrosse out there, and it might be something I enjoy. And we can get the numbers from our sports up just because people are unaware of, you know, most people know baseball, football, softball, basketball, soccer. But we have uh, water polo, tennis, bowling, all those sports that a lot of people don't realize exist. They'll be able to get a chance to go out and find out that those sports are there. And, um, you know, in the past when we've been able to pair pair with our uh, sports fair, our physical night, we always have a great response from uh, everybody. Is like, wow, it's so great. I got to meet three or four different coaches. And it's a wonderful event. So, like I said, that's um, Orlando Orthopedic uh, is our Team, it's our team physicians, is Brad Burkhart, through Orlando Orthopedic Center. Uh, they do a great job getting our people in, getting our people seen, and they volunteer uh, their time to come out and do the school physicals. They don't charge us anything. Like I said, the $15 is uh, completely a fundraiser. It's all for us, and they set everything up. And, you know, we couldn't be happier to have Dr. Brad Burkhart and the team at Orlando Orthopedic helping us out, uh, keep these guys on the field and these ladies out there as much as they possibly can. That's awesome. Thanks for the great overview of the great work you do in the athletic training department at Popka. Especially, I really enjoyed the part you had about sharing with us. I'm glad that you shared with about the respect the nature of all the student athletes. And, of course, that comes from the, their coaches and Absolutely. the administration, Mr. Guthrie, Fred Priest, on down to each individual coaches to uh, instill that kind of respectful attitude for, for the other students, especially the trainers. Now, let's go to Courtney Ogburn. Now, Courtney, you have immer- you know, you've here you are the leader of the of the student athletic training program this year how can you talk just a little bit about your journey here as an athletic trainer how you started and 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 what motivated you to 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 get so involved in it that you eventually became the leader well um i was in the medical magnet and i've always loved everything medical i was like i would used to be in banna sitting up there i'm like well they look like they're having a lot of fun like i wish i was down there like just because I love the medical aspect and like being able to help people, that's like my favorite thing is to be able to help somebody. So then I joined it and I quit band so I could have time, and it wasn't really my thing. And then I was really overwhelmed at first. Like I thought about quitting because I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so confused and I'm so flustered. And like I cried about it a few times, but then like I enjoyed it so much I stayed. Like I got over it. I mean, when I get overwhelmed, that's just how it is. And I was like, oh my god, I feel like I know nothing. But then throughout like I got a lot more confident and I started learning a lot more and I just worked really hard and I enjoyed with taking care of all the athletes and it was a really good experience and it's gave me a lot of skills that Keister and Mogul and Miss Nugent have taught me and I really appreciate them for it. That's great. What a great story of, of just perseverance and uh, you know, having a dream, having a goal, uh, meeting adversity and, and working through it. That, those are the kind of qualities that, that, that you will uh, you'll need to be successful 
after school, yeah, of course. It doesn't matter what Courtney ends up doing. Of course, selfishly, I hope she becomes an athletic trainer, <laughs> but uh, I, I could be anywhere in the medical field, no matter where she is. I think those skills are going to suit her well. Well, thank you so much, Coach Ken Keister, Juliana Dominic, and Courtney Ogburn for joining us from the Student Athletic Training Department and the Athletic Training Department at Popka High School. We're going to go to break, friends. When we're back, we'll speak with Coach Lasseter about baseball, so please stay with us. It's Blue Darter Sports Central on 1520 WBZW, your hometown station. It's Blue Darter Sports Central on 1520 WBZW, your hometown station. Now, here's Roger. Welcome back to Blue Darter Sports Central. I'm Roger Franklin Williams, joined by Joe Ferrara. And we're here on the campus of Apopka High School. And, Joe, it's a great show so far today. Absolutely. Very informative, very educational. And you've got to give it to, you know, the coaching staff at Apopka High School. They're all champions. Really, they are. And in a moment, we're going to be joined by Coach Eric Lasser to talk baseball. There's a lot of exciting news about Blue Daughter baseball, including the huge elimination postseason victory over Cypress Creek, three to nothing, where Cameron Stewart pitched a no hitter, setting up a huge rematch with West Orange in an elimination playoff game. That'll be Tuesday at West Orange. But before we go back, go to Coach Lasser. I just want to talk a bit more about our earlier guest. And one of the great things about this show is, especially from both Coach Hoovers and from Coach Keister and their student-athletes, is you really get a lot of insight into the culture of Apopka High School athletics and what the coaches and administrators are teaching the young people and seeing specifically how the young people, students, whether they're athletes or whether they're trainers, develop and grow by participating in sports at Apopka. And, and it goes beyond just the sports. It helps them be, become good citizens. And as the, the, the story we heard from Courtney Ogburn, just the fact that, you know, when she, first of all, she got involved in the athletic training department because she was had a passion for it. She thought, hey, I might like this. This might, but she stepped she out. she came from band. It, yeah, she stepped out and, and wanted to try something new, uh, w- which is always difficult. And then struggled with it early on, you know, didn't think she was right. doing a good job. I I, I, I wanted so much to ask some questions about, okay, what was it that, that made you cry? Would it be perhaps, uh, you know, uh, putting the, the bandage on the wrong foot for somebody or something like that? But, but anyway, I didn't want to go down that road. But, but the point was she persevered. You know, she persevered. I'm sure she got encouragement from Coach Keister and exactly. the other trainers and, and now has emerged as the leading student athletic trainer. And then, of course, we spoke Coach Hubris, who's always great about and we, football. I don't know, but you see her. At all the football games, she's working her butt off. Seriously. Yeah, she's out and, there. And making a, a positive contribution to the program, getting guys uh, uh, healed, getting them yeah. fixed up, and get back out there. Dragging tables and <laughs> filling up water and helping their pain. It's very, very important work. Um, Back in Idaho, you just, you just persevered and played in pain. That was it. I mean, nobody was Suck there to, up. To, to, to put ice on you or anything like that. Quit your cry, uh, baby. <laughs> and um, also, Coach Keister and Michaela Crusan, and, and her talking about her just her skills, her outstanding play. Um, and, and, and you could also tell the attitude that she had, um, which makes it a great program. Anyway, now it's, it's time to go to Coach Lassiter. And, Coach, first of all, congratulations on a great <laughs> postseason 3 to nothing victory over Cypress Creek in the elimination game. Yeah, thanks a lot. I appreciate it, Roger. And just tell us about the game. Obviously, uh, you know, pitching and defense has been the hallmark of this team, this year's team, and obviously, once again, uh, just looking at the score, I get the impression that was the kind of game it was. Yeah, you know, we went up 2-0 uh, in the in the first inning, so that was obviously nice. Um, gives Cam a nice cushion uh, before he even gets to go and take the bump out there. And uh, obviously, he did a good job throwing a no hitter. But uh, you know, he only had fourteen, or uh, excuse me, only had four strikeouts. So obviously, the defense played really, really well behind him. Uh, there was a couple well hit balls that we got to and made some really good plays on. Jarrett Backus made uh, made a few. Um, Garrett Evans. I had a couple plays in the outfield that were made by Rodwell Munoz. Um, obviously, Nick Barber made some plays short. Um, but you know, it was a really a, a whole team type thing. Um, obviously, he gets credit for the no hitter, and he did a great job throwing strikes and keeping the ball down. But uh, the defense really worked for him, that's for sure. Now, of course, that sets up another game with West Orange, which is going to be over there on Tuesday. Is that is that is that seven p.m. or seven thirty? Oh, that's at seven thirty. 
7 30 p.m and can you obviously just kind of talk about uh, where we go now the mindset of the team and what we need to do to, to win that game yeah you know obviously we get our uh i think it's the fourth the fifth crack at um at west orange uh so hopefully we can come on come out on the right end of it but you know we have cam going because you know he basically has almost a full week's rest so we're able to throw him and the last time he threw against West Orange, we lost two to one on two hundred runs. We didn't really play our style of defense uh, characteristically, uh, so we're looking to improve on that. But you know, I think our guys are confident, even though we've lost, uh, you know, uh, three games to them uh, and have only won one. One of them was really close, and again, uh, you know, they kind of got to see Cam's first start, so uh, we think he's even more improved than he was then. And uh, hopefully, we can get the bats going and have some timely hitting, and uh, you know, see see what the chances are for us. And yeah, and one point I'll just throw in there. Like I don't want to jinx you guys by by you know talking too positively about you because that seems to be always what happens anytime that happens. But I um, I just feel good about our chances. I mean, we're a very excellent team, solid fundamentally. We got the great pitch in, as we know, and then it's very 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 difficult throughout my experience, which is about fifty plus years now in sports, for to beat a good team four times in one year. I mean that that's yeah. a very very high bar. So I, I just think I think I think things are breaking in our favor here. Yeah, you know, I mean, obviously we're talking as a coach staff after we lost the district title game. You know, our, our mind says, well, if we're going to lose one, that's the one to lose. Um, but again, I, I, obviously we, we we would have to spin it that way, and they're probably saying, hey, we've already beat them, uh, you know, three times. Why not four times? So you know, you can kind of spin that both ways. But again, you're right; it is hard to beat a team that many times in a row especially a good team, and I think we are that. Um, so hopefully we've kind of learned uh, from our mistakes that we've made in those other games that we lost and, and can come out and have a good showing at their place at 7.30 on Tuesday. We're speaking with Coach Eric Lasseter, head baseball coach at Apopka High School. The Blue Daughters are having an excellent season. Uh, finished the regular season at what I believe was, what, 21-22-4, are continuing to advance through the postseason. Just had a big 3 to nothing uh, regional quarterfinal victory over Cypress Creek that eliminated them and have a big game against West Orange coming up on Tuesday. Coach, for those that um, haven't, you know, haven't listened a lot to our program now, of course, a lot of this will be a little redundant, but it's... Um, it's always important. I, you know, just talk about the makeup of your team, and obviously the way that it's you've built the team, especially this year's team. You know, the program in general since you've been back, but this year's team especially is is really the core of it. is is a great pitching staff, and 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 uh, you know, very consistent, real good defense. Yeah, you know, and, and that's something that we've always kind of taken pride of since we got back here um, as a staff was making sure that we did the little things right, and that's usually defense. You know, that's the stuff that. Nobody talks about, but everybody knows wins games. So that was one of the biggest focuses we started with. And this team's really no different. I mean, you know, the big thing they say is if you're good straight up the middle, uh, then your defense is going to be pretty dang good. And we got Jacob Southern behind the plate, obviously going to Jacksonville. Nick Barber, who's going to ECU at short. Garrett Evans, who's, in my opinion, will be a, a Division One player also, who started with us as a freshman last year. And, uh, again, is doing the same thing this year and hitting in the two-hole for the last half of the season as a true sophomore, and then uh, we have Rodwell Munoz, who's a you know really quick, really good defensive outfielder for us in center field. Um, so obviously it kind of starts there, and then Jared Bathis, who's been kind of our uh, Ben Zobris, per se, for those who know anything about the Rays and, and you know all the different places he's been. He's played third base for us, he's played outfield, he plays second, um, he pitches for us, um, so he's kind of been a big part of that as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, our, our this is definitely the deepest, I think, our pitching staff has been uh, from top to bottom as far as starters to relievers. Uh, we've had some really good pitchers obviously come through here like you know Ronnie May and Jared Petrie and Craig Savage who are all, uh, Sean Feltner, all those guys obviously are, are still throwing in college right now. Um, but as far as top to bottom, I think in the, in the past years we've kind of had two or three guys and it was like, what do we do after that if it does come to that? And now, you know, I'm confident in, in five to six of our guys rolling them out there, um, you know, whenever we need to, need them to get the job done. Speaking with Coach Eric Lasseter, Blue Daughter baseball coach on Blue Daughter Sports Central. Want to let you know our program sponsored by friends at Florida Door Solutions. Do you have garage door problems? Florida Door Solutions has your solution. Hit them up at 866-FLA-DOOR. That's 866-FLA-DOOR. Or check them out online at FLADOOR.com. Now, you know, Coach, i got a question I want to ask you. 
Yeah. And it kind of, in a way, um, kind of, I think, dilutes a little bit our strong pitching staff. Because yeah. it seems what as I'm learning about the the format, which seems like it's changed recently. There's only as we get deeper and deeper and deeper into the playoffs, there's only one game a week. I mean, back in the day, there right. would be at least two games, um, and, and that you know that <laughs> we don't get a chance to take advantage of our very deep uh, pitching staff. It seems in that situation. But but what is the format, and how did it how did it evolve in, into what it is? Um, I think it's pretty much been this. Um since I was in school, I think it was like the late 90s is when they kind of changed it as there was more and more teams. It shows what an old um, school guy I am, but, but, but go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. But, but yeah, I think it was in the late 90s, maybe uh, 95 or 96 is I think when they changed it to that. And then, um, but, you know, it, I, I'm okay with it. But I mean, like I said, with our deep staff, it also means that we can turn guys who are comfortable coming in for innings at a time and turn them into specialist guys, you know, if we have to bring in a lefty for a lefty or with things like that, it gives you the wiggle room to do that and not feel like you're losing your whole bullpen because you know you only got that one game. And obviously, if you lose, you're done anyway. Uh, so you can kind of use all your bullets uh, if need be, and, and everybody still be ready to bounce back the, the following week if, if you're able to win the game. But yeah, you basically would, we would go from here on out. It would be Tuesday, Tuesday, um, and then I think Tuesday, and then that would be the two games in one week. Is when you once you would, if you're able to get to the final four, you play two games in that that week there but up until then it's and one game a week after the district tournament and where is the final four this it's year at, uh, it's at uh, it's been there the last I think two or three years but it's at the Red Sox minor league facility which is kind of cool you know the guys get to uh, it's built exactly like Fenway so that their minor league guys are able to play at it and get used to the dimensions of that ballpark so they have a big green monster in left field they have stands where you can sit on top of the, uh, the big green monster and all that um, so it's uh it's really nice for the guys if, if uh, you know whoever's able to make it there. Um, but very beautiful facility the Red Sox put together, and uh, you know that's where it's been. I think the last two years. And in what town is that? Yeah, thank you. Uh, Fort Myers. Fort now, Myers, um, Coach, can you talk about about the one thing I've noticed? We haven't talked too much about this, but just watching your team. Is you've got a very good base running team too, yeah. And, I mean that's one of the most overlooked, <laughs> underrated aspects of the game. Uh, many close games, especially postseason games, are either lost or won um, by by base running. And we've had some like that uh, this year. Fortunately, we've um, you know it's worked. You know, thanks to the fact that we're we have that excellent defense and we've got the good base running, it's worked in our favor several times this year. But just talk about uh, your concept of base running, teaching base running, and and the kind of base running team that we have. Yeah, I mean, we're not a team that necessarily steals a lot of bases. You know, I think our leading base stealer is Jonathan Alicia. I think he has 10 or 11. Um, Rodwell Munoz can steal. Uh, he's really good at that. He's a good base runner instincts. I mean, the main thing is you, it's all repetition base. you know. Uh, one of the keys, I don't, obviously, I don't know if you guys can hear us when you're up in the booth, but we're always screaming, guys, know where your outfielders are at, things like that. Because if you know where your outfielders are at and you see the ball off the bat and then you're able to just trust your instincts at knowing where that guy's at, and knowing where that ball is going to land, uh, you know, like I think we had a first uh, first to home hit and run where we scored on because we knew that they're, you know, we told him to take a look at their outfielders. We knew that he was playing in the right center field gap, and uh, Garrett Evans hit a, a ball down the line. So Rodwell knew, even though it was a fly ball, Rodwell knew they weren't going to catch it. Um, so he just kept going. He's fast enough that I just sent him all the way home. Um, and that really just goes on repetition and trusting your guys and, and making sure that they stay disciplined in, in what you're supposed to do as a base runner, which is knowing where all the fielders are at, at every, uh, before every pitch and, and knowing what the expectation is of the hitter at that point in time and what you're going to do from there. Yeah, one thing I noticed, Munoz is an excellent base runner, really yeah. heady guy. He always knows what the situation and is right there to take advantage of, uh, of something whenever it might happen. Certainly, yeah, kind of looks like funny he's got some pretty good speed, that, too. Uh, about the about the base running we had two uh i mean one mistake but two that two mistakes as far as in our book you know but one of them was probably a, a mistake that would go down in the book we got picked off um i think it was the first time we got picked off all year if it wasn't from the catcher actually and it was only the second time total that we got picked off either way from anybody um but it was one of our young guys who we were trying to get an extended lead but it's kind of getting too too short of a lead from the beginning and it was kind of Going back and forth, we just kind of got in his head a little bit, but it was a learning point for him. Who's been uh, running for our catcher? He's done a nice job reacting and stuff. So, um, 
you know, again, learning point. It didn't affect the game at that point. Obviously, it could at any time. So just got to make sure we teach him and, uh, and make sure he gets better uh, if he's put in that situation again. But, yeah, I really like our team, uh, team offense as far as how we run bases with Rodwell. And Jonathan's probably the most heady guy. He'll steal bases with the pitcher holding the ball in the second baseman and the shortstop looking in the outfield or something. Uh, you know, he's a more of a risk taker, so we gotta. I kind of gotta put the red light on him sometimes to make sure he's not doing anything in certain situations. But um, you know, you gotta love the aggressiveness. Friends, you're listening to Blue Dart Sports Central right now. We're speaking with Coach Eric Lasseter, head baseball coach, talking about the big victory over Cypress Creek, three to nothing. Cameron Stewart, no hitter, and the upcoming huge game elimination postseason elimination game versus West Orange at West Orange. This coming Tuesday at 7.30 p.m. I'm Roger Franklin Williams, joined by Joe Ferraro. And, Coach, can you, um, you know, I'd like to talk about some specific players because, of course, you know, we've talked about some a lot of this before again, but you know, we have new listeners every week, and a lot of our listeners don't have don't get out to the games as often as, as Joe and I do. And um, So, anyway, I'd like to share it with them. Why don't we start once again with, with Nick Barber, and you know, uh, I don't know if we've talked about Nick since he was named uh, District Player of the Year, but he's just uh, for for people that love the game of baseball and just have a passion for baseball, he's the kind of guy I think that you would really yeah. love. Certainly, I do because he's so versatile. Uh, he's an outstanding pitcher. He's an outstanding shortstop, and he um, is your leadoff hitter and a very excellent offensive player. And as we talked about before, he when he's pitching, he feels the pitching position uh, very, very well, and just and a good base runner, and um, just a kind of guy that that really has has a very all around game, and um, you know has a very heady, intelligent yeah. way of playing the game. Yeah, you know, actually, he's um, you know it all starts with the the work that he and he's one of the hardest workers I've ever I've been able to coach. Um, you know, and blessed to be able to be able to coach a kid that, that does that kind of stuff. You know, he's the kind of kid who will be hitting at 11 o'clock at night on Saturday while everybody else is going, hanging out with their friends or, or things like that, you know. So, uh, you know, everything that, that he does, he, he completely deserves by the hard work he puts in. But he's all those things you just mentioned, you know. He won the District 11, I, I believe it is, but that's all of Orange and Osceola County, Florida Athletic Coaches Association. Uh, he was co-winner of Player of the Year for that with a kid from Winter Park. I uh, just found out a couple of days ago he was Bright House Sports Orange County Player of the Year um, for Orange County in baseball. Um, and then uh, we just did the Metro Conference voting, and he was All-Metro uh, shortstop. Um, so, you know, he's got three really nice awards that he's going to be able to take with the East Carolina, who's obviously a great program. They've, they've beaten a lot of good teams this year, but obviously one of them was uh, they swept Virginia, I think, and uh, who won the national championship last year. So they're getting a good one in Nick. And I know he's going to some quality coaches up there with Coach Godwin and those guys. They do a great job with him and Coach Colombo. So, um, you know, look forward to watching him grow. And then since, we're, since I brought up the Metro stuff, uh, the guys who made all Metro were Nick um, was shortstop. Cameron Stewart was uh, was one of the two pitchers that were um, that one Metro conference pitcher. Um, Jacob Southern was catcher. And then honorable mention was uh, Jonathan Elise here. Garrett Evans missed out on by one vote on uh, second baseman for All-Metro. I think some, sometimes they hold it against you if you're a sophomore, you know, uh, which they couldn't really deny. Cameron, his numbers were just so good. But you know, there were some comparable guys that were seniors, I think, in, uh, at second base. And I think he kind of got, you know, obviously I'm a little biased, but I think he probably deserved to win that. And he got honorable mention. Julian Nunez and Jonathan Elise here also got um, honorable mention. And, oh, I almost forgot one more. Jarrett Backus also got honorable mention uh, for third base slash utility. That's great. Great to see the guys getting some uh, well-deserved recognition. And um, it's great to see Nick get those kinds of awards because another thing about him that I really like is that Personally, is he's not really a flashy player, you know. I mean, you yeah. kind of have to know the game a little bit to really fully appreciate him. And a lot of times, those kind of guys don't don't get the awards. But I guess his his performance is, is just so obvious that that he was able to get the awards uh, as well. But but I'd like to also talk about your catcher Jacob Southern because he's a key to this to this team. And once again, he's a very versatile. He's your number three hitter and a good good hitter, but he's also no. an excellent uh, defensive catcher with a, with a great arm. And he's he's got some uh, some nice uh, you know. Uh, put out, you know, guys he's thrown out on the bases in key situations this year. Yeah, yeah, you know, obviously as a senior, that's what you uh, you like to have, but not everybody has the luxury of having that. He's done a great job managing the game. Um, 
obviously it saved, you know, multiple games. I don't even want to put a number on it because it's, I mean, I'm thinking just right off the top of my head, three or four right off the top where he's had big pickoffs, you know, back picks the first or throwing out at third or hose the guy at second trying to steal with first and third um, and executing a play that we put on uh, that really has been able to, you know, kind of change the momentum of the game or even save the game depending on, uh, you know, which game we're talking about. And then obviously um, hasn't had the power that he had last year. I think he hit seven home runs last year, including the preseason. But you know, some of that's because uh, some guys are guys were pitching around him early, probably making him, uh, you know, getting his head a little bit. And he's finally stopped worrying about that and is just worried about dialing in and hitting his pitches. Which I think if he was doing that all along, he probably would have similar numbers. But uh, you know, again, when you're not used to have, being thrown that way, sometimes it gives you a little hiccup. But uh, we're, we're happy that he's back on track. And, Again, uh, you know, one Metro uh, catcher of the year. And we've got about, uh, we're about to wrap, wrap up, but um, just want to mention Cameron Stewart again. I mean, the kid comes yeah. in as a sophomore, and, boy, what a, what a nice uh, nice thing to have. A sophomore comes in and has the kind of year that he's had. As yeah, you know, I mean, I think after that last start, I think his ERA might be like a point three or point four. <laughs> um, so pretty impressive. You know, I think he's given up uh, one or two earned runs all year. Um, pretty, uh, you know, pretty good job by a sophomore, and especially coming in. You know, the biggest thing we just had to get him in shape, make sure he was taking care of his body and clean some things up. He bought into what we were trying to do, and uh, you know, kudos to him because obviously he's uh, seeing the results of, uh, of what buying in was going to do for him. Well, it's great. Well, Coach, thanks for being here to give us this great report. And, of course, all eyes will be on the Blue Darter Baseball this coming Tuesday at West Orange at 730 as we take on the Warriors once again for the fifth time this season. And this is a crucial – it's a crucial postseason elimination game. And, yeah, we, I, I personally like your chances, and but we look forward to – wish all the best wishes. Thanks for joining us. Thanks a lot. Appreciate the coverage, guys. Friends, that's going to do it on the program today. I want to thank you for joining us. Thank it's Blue Darter Sports Central on 1520 WBZW, your hometown station. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.